0: Thank you, Leron. Really appreciate you joining XROM, which is India's first Feature Tech Podcast. So, to my audience who don't know about you, I'm going to give you a brief introduction and then we jump dive into the conversation. So, Mr. Leron Benton is the CEO and president of the one-stop-shop for VR-AR business solutions company, The Glimpse Group. He holds an MBA from Yale School of Management and a law degree from the Hebrew University. He has over 20 years of experience in executive management, technology, investment, and entrepreneurship. Thank you, Leron. I uh, really appreciate not to have you on the show. So let, let, let's start with the one-stop shop. I want to know what the Glimpse Group is all about. So can you start with that?
1: Yeah. So, so kind of, if you look at Glimpse Group, it has basically a kind of unique value for different audiences and kind of, we try to craft a unique, vehicle that actually makes sense for all three of these. So I'll start with the entrepreneurs and kind of as an entrepreneur you know that kind of starting a company is very challenging. There's a lot of different elements that come right. into play and you need to have all of them kind of basically come at the same time for you to be successful. So the first thing obviously you need to look in the world and find that some need, some problem that you identify and once you identify a problem then you need to figure out how to solve it. So those are two hard ones to start with. Once you do that, you don't only, not only need to do that and do that well, but you need to figure out how to raise capital to actually run your business and then how to operate it and run it as a business so it's successful because you could actually have a problem, figure out how to solve it, raise some money, and then if you run it as a bad business, you'll get out of business pretty quickly. So looking at all those challenges, many entrepreneurs don't have the skill set, either individually or as a team, to address all of these. And one of the things that Glimpse gives our entrepreneurs is the ability to focus on those elements of this, those problems that they're good at, and we take care of everything that they're not good at. So that's kind of one thing for entrepreneurs, especially in early stage industry, which obviously XR is uh, right now probably year six, year seven, in a thirty-five year cycle. And in early industry, the market is still kind of testing things out. Everybody's just doing pilots and trying things out. There's not mass uh, adoption across both the enterprise or the consumer level, and therefore it's kind of hard to get positive feedback from the market when you come up with a new product. And it's very lonely, and it's hard to kind of uh, innovate in this environment because you can't get advisors and mentors that have done this in this industry because they don't exist. They're still doing it right now. And, and Glimpse offers that to the entrepreneurs, so this is kind of the package for entrepreneurs. for our uh, customers it's the ability to work with multiple startups under one umbrella where they only need to deal with one entity and they can get whatever problems that they need solved with XR solved by our companies so uh, it, it's a it's a pretty big deal large companies don't like to work with startups because they're afraid they might go away they're too small they don't know how to deal with them uh, and glimpse gives our companies scale so when our companies get together suddenly we're a a a relatively large company, definitely in the XR space, and we have kind of people on the team that know and have worked with large enterprises and know how to communicate with them, how to sell to them, how to service them, and we bring all that to bear and serving our customers better than each individual startup on their own. And the third group is our investors, and investors are looking, uh, if they believe in where XR is going. They're looking for uh, an investment, but investing in one of startups is very risky because, especially early industry, even if you're betting on the right team and the right problem, they might fail. And we are providing our investors a diversified way of investing in the space where they're investing in multiple uh, teams and have multiple shots on goal, including companies that we haven't really brought into glimpse that they will get to benefit from if we bring it in. And all in a unified management where our companies are more likely to be successful because of all the value that Glimpse and the ecosystem brings to them, and they're more efficiently managed, and you've got multiple shots on goal. So our investors are getting kind of a significantly better investment than investing
0: in any one of company. So, yes, uh, Liran, I must tell you that definitely it's a very unique model. It's a one-of-its-kind model. The one-stop shop, would you like to little talk more about that? You, you, you obviously spoke about the entrepreneurs, the customers, and the investors. How are you leveraging all of them to create a viable business solution? So, uh, the
1: philosophy behind it is, first of all, the power of the group. So creating an environment where everybody is helping everybody. We call it the Glimpse ecosystem. where kind of, uh, We're incentivizing everybody to look at the whole success. Obviously, obviously we need the entrepreneurs and their teams to focus on their specific subsidiary su- success because otherwise they're not driven to succeed. But we also want to incentivize them to look at the bigger picture, look at Glimpse as a whole, and almost at the uh, VR, AR ecosystem as a whole, and make sure that that's successful. And kind of be there for each other, create those synergies and scale that that helps companies go forward, and that stickiness of the ecosystem really kind of powers kind of the the glimpse entity.
0: Right. So yes, I I, I think the the core of a sustainable industry is an ecosystem, and not many people understand the importance of an ecosystem. I have invested in the AR uh, industry since early 2016, and I. I have been nurturing and nudging India's AR/VR industry with the only and only sole vision to build a ecosystem which can create a sustainable industry. So that's the reason, you know, whatever I've been doing, you know, right from emergent VR Fest to XR home, uh, the the news magazine or the podcast, and right now the XR bazaar is 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 designed with a larger goal to create a a community and an ecosystem because I personally feel that if the ecosystem is there, it will eventually lead to a sustainable, uh, in- industry. So, 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 so. Covid, right? Everybody is impacted. Yeah. So there are these. Obviously, there are these people be saying that suddenly digital has been accelerated. All all companies which once was you was talking about the digital transformation is actively leveraging uh, or, or adopting uh, digital. From your vantage point, what are the pros and cons of Covid?
1: So obviously, kind of, uh, kind of, all in perspective. Kind of, COVID has been kind of a big disruption uh, to us, and we've lost uh, millions of lives around the world. So that's kind of putting right. that as kind of the big pain, and kind of has caused a lot of suffering, both in terms of loss of life and loss of uh, friends and family for people, but also unemployment and kind of other challenges that kind of uh, governments around the world are facing. But putting that aside, uh, looking at kind of the impact on business and putting that kind of uh, human element aside, there's kind of obviously the the short-term negative has been that kind of it basically disrupted business everywhere. And everybody just kind of basically put the brakes on and say, I don't know what's going on. This has not been in anyone's kind of roadmap or kind of potential kind of uh, scenarios that you kind of try and kind of plan for. And the whole economy basically stopped. So from early March, at least in the U.S., uh, until mid-June, there was basically kind of no new business to be had. Now, that means there's no new bookings. Obviously, our teams continue to work on developing their solutions. All of our uh, teams and everybody has kind of gone remote. And I was surprised kind of how effective uh, working remote was. Kind of the power of Glimpse was the kind of in the, in the center of the ecosystem was our office. Everybody was here, everybody worked with each other, everybody saw what everybody's working on. And suddenly all of that was gone, and we were forced to uh, use technology to continue to kind of keep that kind of ecosystem together. So obviously, we've, uh, as, a, as a VR company, we have actually used VR and we've done meetings in VR and events in VR. And also using more traditional uh, technologies like uh, kind of video calls and kind of an email and Slack and all the different ways of communicating. But as I look over the last, uh, crazily, that we're almost six months, kind of six plus one, uh, kind of post, uh, kind of when the COVID really got to the US, uh, productivity has gone up rather than down, if I had to guess. Uh, So, At the end of the day, people kind of had to commute into the office from everywhere. Uh, uh, People spent kind of an hour each way commuting to the office, and now people have two more hours. That many times uh, part of that, if not all of it, uh, has gone to work. Uh, And since there's no separation, now you're working from home, you're actually probably working more hours. I definitely see in myself I have a lot more hours without the commute. Uh, And uh, the other kind of thing that kind of has come up is even though business was basically stopped from March until kind of mid-June where it kind of started kind of unfreezing, we had probably more incoming business discussion requests during that period than we've ever had. So on one side, deals that you thought you were gonna close very quickly kind of either slowed down or disappeared because people were taking a very cautious approach to kind of spending money. On the other side, organizations you haven't been talking to basically started calling you and wanting to hear more about the solutions and seeing how they can address their business. Now, those discussions are now in play and kind of, as kind of you probably know, kind of uh, closing deals in early cycle industry is a long sell cycle. Uh, nobody comes in and kind of wants to buy things and two weeks later, they kind of they, li- they live with what they have in hand. They're exploring and then trying to figure out and kind of trying to understand the budget and every everything takes a while. But we have uh, initiated quite a lot of discussions with a lot of kind of very large organizations that basically started when the pandemic hit, they realized that they want to explore using uh, XR as a tool to achieve their goals where they can't communicate in person with their employees with their customers with their partners with their kind of uh
0: with their teams right right yeah, yeah. so yes i mean obviously there are there are definitely the, the negative points which you said were pointed out towards unemployment being at the the highest at this point in time the economic impact india is Terribly, terribly impacted. We are down 24 percent, or GDP has plummeted 24 percent. This has never happened in a 40-year history. Now, how long will it take for us to recover and come back to normal? Is anybody's guess, right? Uh, you, you also also pointed out that you obviously you hold the first move advantage, having nurturing 10 plus startups in, in, in your cohort. You obviously adopted remote work, and yeah, remote work has its pros and cons. You know, your geography becomes history. You don't need to travel. You can work from home. Work can be more productive, and you're you giving more uh, hours. You know, from working at home. Yeah. So, so, so. We are getting into this new world. You know, people keep on saying that the new normal, new normal, you know, I I was trying to grasp it, but now I'm understanding that everything is changed and somehow from my vantage point, I feel that nothing is going to go back to normal because people have tasted blood. What I mean by that is like, I run a traditional company where I, I, I service advertising agencies and production houses. Now, my studios used to charge a certain sum. Now, the same thing which I used to do can be done remotely and those engineers are, are doing it less than half the price. Now, once they've got used to that, now getting them back to, you know, la-ha, yeah, la-ha. It, so that's, that's going to be difficult. We're going to jump into a world which is going to be more competitive. I'm I'm pretty much happy about that because it's going to give everybody a chance. It's going to somehow create a, a level playing field where We we humans are resilient. Everybody is becoming an entrepreneur. So I'm excited about the new world. And maybe this could be a minor roadblock for the entire human race to understand the wrongs that we are doing, correct those wrongs and move into this beautiful future, which is going to happen with the help of the fourth industrial revolution. So, So tell me if startups are looking for investing or a venture capital firm, it is looking to add more equity to its firm. How difficult or easy the, the roadmap is going to be?
1: That's an interesting question. I think investors uh, have two tendencies that kind of you've got type two types of investors and you need to find the right one. So there are some investors that are scared. So something happens, something has changed the, the, the world and they basically say, you know what kind of, Why would I want to invest risky capital into an uncertain world? Uh, And that is definitely a negative for capital raising. On the other hand, you have a lot of smart investors that understand that the opportunity is when there is kind of basically chaos in the street. And right now there's definitely chaos in the streets. And that's where the opportunity is. If you are a startup that has understood the impact of COVID on the industry you're trying to serve and actually have a solution that ties into that, you're in good shape. If you can find those smart investors, you can raise money and then really kind of uh, have a situation where you can lever the uh, pandemic to your purposes and establish yourself as a company. If you are not kind of benefiting from it or you haven't adjusted your plan for that, is going to be really tough because the smart investors are not going to go with it because you're not clearly not reading the tea leaves and kind of the scary investors are definitely not going anywhere near you and that will be challenging so you really need as an entrepreneur to look at what's out there look at how the world has changed and see how your story as a startup fits that new changed world
0: right yeah yeah. so yes i i think you you rightfully pointed out you know i mean there are going to be a certain group of investors who are going to be scared to invest in this uncertain world. But the brave investors will uh, will know that you know this is an opportunity. And, and yeah, so I'm you know, looking forward to what's going to happen next. Right? So would you you you? Uh, I believe you have close to around 10 startups uh, in the Glims Group. Right? Would you like to talk about that?
1: Yeah, so right now we actually have eight that are active. So we've kind of done some consolidation. Uh, Part of that reacting to what the world is telling us and part of the advantage of Glimpse is we can move things around uh, and kind of consolidate or move resources and make sure that we're uh, putting our effort in kind of areas where we think there is kind of significant upside. Uh, So I'll kind of talk briefly about kind of our companies and talk about the industries that they are addressing. Uh, so I'll start with a, uh, our corporate training and learning uh, company called ADEPT. And ADEPT uh, is push, positioned to really benefit from, uh, from what's happening in the pandemic because they're focusing on using virtual reality and somewhat augmented reality for, to support both corporate learning, and training, which uh, kind of, I think VR is a perfect tool for in good days, but now where you can't get people in the same room to kind of learn together or bring the trainers to meet them with the people they need to train is is, is something that every organization needs to do. But they're also working on with higher education. Uh, universities... And uh, we've recently had classes done in virtual reality, obviously kind of uh, universities in the US are all trying to deal with the situation differently, but many of the classes has gone uh, online. And obviously kind of doing classes in Zoom is very challenging both for the students and the professors. And uh, doing them in VR gives a much more immersive experience and opens up a full set of tools that the professor can use uh, from virtual road trips, Uh, students to see certain things in 360 to uh, kind of whiteboards and sticky notes and kind of uh, just having an immersive discussion and uh, presentations uh, that the students can make all in virtual reality. So we're seeing more and more schools that are exploring that. Uh, Next of our companies I'll talk about is D6 VR. They focus on data visualization uh, in virtual reality. Uh, So bringing in data from multiple sources and seeing that in 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 3D or in actually 60 allowing you to to benefit from VR and see all the different dimensions really get insights into the data uh, and and see where it is and they also have as part of their solution what they call the hyperdesk which is 18 screens in a room where you can wow. basically put everything you need on those screens whether it's kind of a kind of charts or kind of live websites or data and kind of basically be in a control room where you can uh, look at that and figure out where, where it's going and what what's uh, what needs to be done. Uh, again, we've had some uh, corporations that were interested in using that as control room since they can't get their people into their control room or they want to have access to their virtual control room from home. And there's a limit what you can do with your screens. You can have two or three screens at home, so you can't have 18 and kind of all those big rooms with all those big screens, now you can replicate that in virtual reality. Uh, next of our companies is Early Adopter. Early Adopter focuses on uh, kind of K 12, so kindergarten to kind of a 12th grade education, uh, and working with innovative uh, schools and school systems uh, to bring, uh, at this point, mostly augmented reality into the classroom. They've done some virtual reality, but obviously with uh, limited headsets and not a lot of budgets to bring headsets, it's going to take longer to bring headsets into kind of most schools. But augmented reality students can actually do with the smartphones that most of them have or tablets that the schools uh, already acquired or reasonable to kind of to get for the school and uh, creating very immersive ways uh, to interact between students, uh, teachers, and sometimes parents. So we had one of the schools, uh, showcase their students' uh, end-of-year work in augmented reality. They created rooms where, kind of, using our technology, where the parents could come in and talk to the students about what they've worked and kind of and see it in augmented reality in their homes without physically going to the school. Uh, so that was very powerful. Uh, the next uh, company I'm going to talk about is uh, Pagoni VR. Uh, they have a solution called Chimera, which is a very unique solution that creates a hybrid world uh, where half of the world is a live or VOD uh, 180 video. And uh, so you can stream live events or individuals or things that are happening. And the other half is a fully immersive uh, computer generated world in VR. Uh, So you and I could be uh, students and uh, talking to each other while we see a lecture happening and communicating back and forth with the professor that is in the video element. So we see them, they're not an avatar, they're not with a headset, they're in comfortably in their office or uh, schoolroom, And we are students kind of sitting there and talking to each other and having our presentations uh, with us. And we can fully do that. Uh, but that could also be done for entertainment if we want to watch a concert and interact with the entertainer or uh, with each other or uh, for uh, religious services, uh, where if you can't go to church or uh, right. uh, you can still kind of uh, kind of go to the virtual church, talk to the people sitting next to you about kind of the service and then watch a full live interactive service, whatever uh, uh, religion or denomination you're, right. you're part of. Right. Right. Uh, so that's a very unique situ- uh, solution that we're kind of uh, trying it out with a lot of different use cases uh, very successfully. The next uh, group is uh, FORTEL. FORTEL uh, focuses on uh, social virtual reality uh, mostly for support groups. Uh, So uh, if you're kind of uh, in need in in the group therapy, obviously right now, but in other times it's very kind of time conductive to kind of go and kind of uh, into wherever the therapy is. And sometimes there's nothing available where you are at, or sometimes you want to have kind of anonymity or privacy and kind of if you want to go to uh, kind of a therapy that kind of uh, might put a stigma on you. Uh, So virtual reality allows you to do all those from the privacy of your home, but have a fully immersive and interactive session with uh, the the people on the other side, uh, both with the therapist and with the other people in the group. So they're working with multiple groups uh, in uh, multiple locations around the world Uh, to uh, create those immersive uh, therapy sessions. Uh, Next group is Immersive Health Group. Uh, They're focusing, obviously, on uh, using uh, virtual reality and augmented reality in healthcare. Uh, Their biggest focus area is uh, nurses training and creating situations where nurses can uh, practice and uh, kind of in an immersive uh, environment. Uh, using the technologies, kind of, uh, they'll they'll bring in technologies from some of the other groups uh, at Blimps to really kind of create a way for a different way for nurses to uh, practice uh, and learn what what they need to uh, in an environment where then they can go to, uh, to in front of patients and know what they're doing and kind of uh, and try different things out. Uh, the uh, next group is create AR. They have a solution called Post Reality, which is an augmented reality uh, activation that allows uh, anyone to basically activate anything, whether it's posters or signs or books. And uh, they have a SaaS solution that is self served. You can just go in and activate anything on your own uh, without kind of needing to kind of interact. Or if you want a white label solution that kind of ties to your brand, and has more capabilities, they work with, with the customers to kind of to do that. And last but not least is Curial, which creates a lifelike 3D uh, object uh, using either kind of art or uh, photogrammetry, and then uh, works with brands to, uh, to take those objects and bring them to the people, very uh, uh, in need right now, given the pandemic, uh, whether it's kind of shoes or ski goggles or kind of burritos, people want to see uh, things before they, they transact with them. And it's a great way uh, for brands to use augmented reality to interact with their
0: customers when their customers are home and not at their store. You have given me data of eight companies, and they are all different. Curiel, you said, is looking into retail and photogrammetry. And I guess that's the future. I guess each and every company right now is looking at digitizing. I'm talking about e-commerce, right? Because that's the way to go. Physical companies, nobody is entering malls. So then then you spoke about education startups. You you, you spoke about health group. You have got a cohort of really, really, really cool startups. Can you explain to us how does it function? How does it work? Are you investing in those startups? What if you if you are? What is the ticket size that you're investing in? What does the startup get from uh, uh, you know joining your Glimpse Group? Are you giving them office space? So can you share a little bit more detail about yeah. this? Yeah. So this is the unique
1: element of what we do. Uh, first, very important: we don't invest in the startups; we right. acquire the startups. Right. Right. So uh, so if a startup kind of basically becomes part of Glimpse, they're fully part of Glimpse. And when we acquire them, we actually acquire them for shares in Glimpse. So when a startups come in, they become part of the family. They uh, obviously still kind of, we create kind of an incentive and upside for them if there's, their startup is successful, especially if there's an exit out of it. But they're kind of getting, when they come in, a piece of Glimpse as a whole that allows them to benefit from success of any other the Glimpse companies that are part of Glimpse. So that's a very important distinction. We're not coming to a startup and say, here's half a million dollars, give me a piece of your company and good luck with that. We actually, and we're not coming to them as incubators and accelerators and say, why don't you come in for three months? We'll give you all these services and in return, give us a small piece of your company. We are basically saying, if you want to be part of Glimpse, You get acquired by Glimpse, you get Glimpse stock, and now you're working for your company. You're doing the same thing you were doing before, but now you're part of a bigger thing. What people get when they come to Glimpse has multiple facets. First of all, as I said earlier, we give you the ability to focus on what you're good at. So if your passion in life is building a certain technology, you don't really want to run around looking for investors all day long. You don't want to be talking to lawyers about contracts. That's not what you kind of started the business to do. You want to build your technology. So we allow you to do what you do what you do well and what you're passionate about, which for most startups is envisioning their product, building their product, and taking that product to market. So that's what we want you to focus on. If you're good at all three, it is great. If you're not, we will help you find people that will offset the things where you're deficient at so you have a team that can actually go get that done. The second thing you get is access to the glimpse ecosystem so now you're part of this family and everybody is going to help you you can uh, lever the talent that exists across all the different companies their knowledge and they've got kind of combined kind of hundreds of hundreds of years of technology knowledge within our teams and different skill sets and different technologies that we we have expertise in but also you can actually build your solution on top of other companies technology so you don't have to reinvent the wheel and we have things that we've built at Glimpse, uh, either collectively in Glimpse or as part of different companies that you can lever and build upon that. So you can really focus your efforts on, on your secret sauce, what's special about your company, rather than saying, well, I need to have user, user management solution. So I have to start right from scratch because it's kind of obviously my users need to be managed in some way. So we can we can address that. Obviously, uh, once you're part of Glimpse, Glimpse funds all of your development. So you, it's not, we're, we're not saying here's kind of half a million dollars, here's a hundred thousand. You come in, we work with you to understand what you need. And then we fund all of that. So kind of obviously you get all of that and you also get glimpse to take care of everything that is not core to what you're doing. All the back office functions, uh, legal finance, accounting, HR, all of these are done by glimpse and real estate when real estate was relevant. All of these technology, all that stuff is done by glimpse, uh, for everybody. Uh, so, you can focus on really what you're, what you're good at.
0: Lovely, lovely. How cool is that? So, so tell me, I mean, obviously you say you take care of all, all the nativities of the lawyers, the contracts, or the investments. So, has there been any investor interest in, in the startup? Has there been any, uh, has any of the startups been acquired?
1: Not yet, and that's on purpose. Right. Uh, there's no rush from us to kind of have companies leave Glimps. Uh, they're growing and they're kind of they're maturing and getting kind of uh, obviously as the industry is successful and as they're kind of succeeding even more than how the industry is growing then kind of they're appreciating value Uh, so there's no rush for us to kind of let them go the plan is as they mature and the situation is right and when we bring in the right type of uh, investor or partner into them to raise money into our companies and then can continue to bring new ones in and go through that process. But we, we have not been in any rush to do that. So all of our companies are still under Glimpse's umbrella, but uh, kind of all of our companies are still with us. They're succeeding. Some of them have been working with us for uh, four years and kind of, which is significantly larger than the lifeline of a usual startup. So they're, they're doing pretty well for themselves. Lovely.
0: So, so what? What's the process of uh, selecting a, a, a startup, and is this uh, is, is this only for the U.S. geography, or are you open to having other startups from possibly India joining uh, the pitch?
1: So, uh, a couple of things on that. So, uh, the process has two sides. So, many times, uh, almost always, the startups actually come to us and say, "Kind of, I've seen what you guys are doing. I want to be part of this." kind of, and, and let's figure it out. What we do internally is we look at areas where we don't have a strong preference. We don't have a solution for a certain situation. And we look to find companies that kind of diversify what we're doing. So if we have a company that's doing one thing and another company comes that does the same thing, we don't want to have two companies that are competing with each other. That will ruin that, that uh, uh, situation. So if that happens, what we would do is probably try and combine them together if that makes sense and kind of the personalities and, and strength of each one of the companies make sense, we will do that and we've done a couple of those. Uh, but uh, as, as we start the process, what we're looking for really are uh, teams that are creative, out-of-the-box thinkers. So they're not kind of, uh, they're willing to m- move because kind of our strategy is very fluid. We react to what we see out there. We know where we want to go, but we don't want to be too rigid. So we need people that can go with the flow and kind of understand that they they want to be team players. If people it's all about me, it's all about ego, this is probably not the right place because kind of you're joining a team. Uh, kind of, I, I think kind of entrepreneurship usually is a kind of individual sport, but I think it should be a team sport, and that's what we're trying to build. And uh, in terms of the geography question, I have two answers. Kind of. Before COVID, my thought was we're going to open hubs in different locations. There's kind of strength in numbers, get a few kind of companies in the same, in one location. And as I was looking internationally, and I've kind of talked to a few people in India about potentially uh, opening up DIMMS India, I wanted to find a local partner that can basically build a joint venture of gyms India, and then that entity will find startups in India that fit what we're looking for and create that synergy between that entity and the glimpse companies in the U.S. and in other places in the world. Uh, now, I'm less tied to geography. I still kind of have that philosophy, but uh, if I find the right company wherever it is,
0: I'll probably be open to uh, to having discussions about them kind of being part of what we're doing. Lovely. How cool is that? Because I guess COVID has done that. It's made geography history. I, I, and, and there are entrepreneurs all around the world who are crazily inventing some really, really cool stuff. In India, we have around 200 plus startups. The problem over here is, like I said, I mean, the ecosystem is not there. The, 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 the community is not there. The investment is, is not there. But there are some really, really young, crazy entrepreneurs who are doing some crazy stuff. And and I I believe, I think in another couple of years, India will definitely come in in the global uh, AR, AR, uh, VR uh, market. So, So you you spoke about the ego, egos. I mean, you know, so what have been the learnings or, or the challenges of handling eight plus startups?
1: Oh, there's, there's a lot of learnings, but uh, <laughs> the
0: first thing is kind of
1: bringing in the right people is key. Uh, as we look at people now that we've learned what works and what doesn't, kind of you need to fit into the family. So it's not only that you need someone that kind of is talented, they have a great concept, They, can, they we believe that they can kind of build it and execute on it, but we need someone that will fit into what we're doing because kind of now we've got our culture and our subsidiaries it's kind of funny they have their own cultures each one of the subsidiaries has their own culture but they fit together with the glimpse culture and where we've had the most success is where people really buy in on what we're doing they want to come in not because they need funding and this is an option that might work with an investor and even that that's probably problematic if you get invested just because you need money in that investor's style or what they're looking for is different than what you're looking for. You're asking for trouble. And We try and really bring in uh, companies that will fit in, uh, that will become part of what we're doing, that will add value. And uh, one way we're looking at it is how much value are we, both Glimpse management, but also all the other Glimpse subsidiaries can help that company. It's not just, okay, they need some funding, I've got some money, I'll kind of work with them, is can I really help them succeed? And the other side is, can they not only kind of be a good part of Glimpse, good investment and kind of will put some money in and can get more value down the road, but can they make Glimpse better? Can they help other Glimpse companies can they make the whole significantly better than kind of the sum of the parts? And if the answer is yes to all these questions, then that's probably a good thing
0: to bring in. So it's all about people at the end of the day. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Leran, for being part of XRM Podcast. I think you're building a fantastic uh, company a one-stop shop solution. I, I think it's a, it's an extremely unique model. There, I, I can't think about. I've been invested in the space, but I can't think about another company who's doing what he's doing. Obviously, there are incubator, accelerators, and things like that. But nobody has got eight or ten AR VR companies with these different sectors of expertise. You leveraging them, sustaining and thriving, building an ecosystem. And I'm sure in another couple of years there'll be these investors hungry to invest in your companies because you have built an ecosystem, a complete, complete ecosystem. And I guess that's, that's the best, best part about that. So any last words to my listeners and what are you most excited for the future of AR VR? Oh, I'm
1: thrilled. We are in my view in year seven or year eight of a 35 year road. And if you look at past technology cycles, the 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 fun stuff is just coming up. We're just kind of we're working away building this industry, and it will serve all of us uh, kind of for many years to come. So I'm super uh, positive about where this is going, and kind of all, all the indicators. And to entrepreneurs out there, just go do it. Kind of if you believe in something and you're passionate about it, don't hesitate. Just go make it happen, and good things will happen. And uh, we are always uh, interested in partnering with anyone. Uh, kind of some companies, it makes sense for them to be part of them. Sometimes they're just good partners on the outside and we can do things together. Uh, so we're always looking for that.
0: So, collaboration in the future, yes, obviously, I'm going to leave the note behind that Win is open for partnership and yes, you said the fun stuff is just coming up and entrepreneurs and the, uh, and the crazy startups need to understand that we are entering the world of the spatial computing where we want to jump dive from the restriction that we have been put to with a 2D medium and get into the 3D world where we'll be touching, feeling these digital objects exactly how we experience uh, things in real life. So we're we entering a fantastic uh, space. I'm super excited for it. And that's the reason I've, I've been vested in it. And yes, I mean, the fun stuff is just coming up. And what a great note to end on. So to our listeners, if you like what you see in here, please press the subscribe button. Until next time, see you guys, bye-bye. Thank you, thank you very much for being part of I appreciate thank you. Thank you, it was a pleasure.